Yo, what's up? This is Polly Shore, and I'm hanging out with my friend Brando. Brando, not Marlon Brando, the little baby Brando. And you're listening into his beautiful podcast, Appetite for Distortion. Because I'm in the jungle, baby, and you're headed now. is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 155. My name is Brando, and I am so excited for this episode today. Holy Shore. Guns and Roses. Some of you know who've been following this podcast since episode one. I've been trying to get him on for a long time. And it was not that I was ever told no, or it just, I don't know, it kind of gets fizzled out. Sometimes the chain of command breaks down and perhaps the message doesn't get through, but it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't in the, in the cards or for whatever reason. Uh, but however, recently, uh, our friend Matt Wake, who writes for AL.com and uh, writes a, a lot of it, he has, I think, I forget, the Guitar World, I want to say, he's writing a big Guns N' Roses article that's coming up. He, he, he wrote that on Facebook and Twitter. I want to say Guitar World. Uh, he recently interviewed Paulie for uh, for Family Feud. <laughs> There's a road Family Feud, uh, fam- traveling Family Feud uh, game show. And they're doing some dates in Alabama, and of course, to help promote, uh, Matt wanted to write about it, and he's a big Pauly Shore fan, just like myself, and I was like, Matt, we got to make this happen for me. How, how can we do this? And you know, he connected me to the right person, and and voila, I mean, of course, it still needed to be all approved, and Pauly needed to say yes, and all that fun stuff, but I mean, it's happening. Momentarily, I'm going to call up Pauly's uh, hotel room. He's in Florida right now on the road, as I mentioned, with the the Family Feud uh, traveling game show, which is just so funny. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, because there's been, of course, many incarnations of Family Feud. Uh, my mom loves Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's not on the road. They have some other great people doing it. Uh, but she actually has a picture of me and when I met Steve Harvey uh, here at iHeart. Uh, framed, so she gets to stare at her picture, a uh, framed picture of me and Steve Harvey while she watches Family Feud. This is my life. Uh, but we're going to talk to Paulie about his version of a Family Feud momentarily, and of course, we're going to talk about Guns N' Roses. I mean, I've always—I don't know about you—I've kind of always looked at Paulie and Axel almost kind of similar. Like Axel was just out of reach rock star, while Paulie was this very you know, he was like us. He was just in my age. I, I got to say, growing up, I just felt like he was he was talking to me. And there was the whole bandana thing uh, that I associated with Axl Rose and and Pauly Shore. Both had that uh, had a cool uh, wardrobe uh, growing up, and I just felt like Pauly was just such a, a more accessible uh, version of Axl Rose. And of course, just his movies. I mean, I love all his movies. Crack me up. So I mean, this is just. 
quite an honor to to speak with him momentarily and and uh, thank all of you for giving me the platform to give me this opportunity. So uh, we're going to talk to Paulie Shore, and then after, we're going to do a brief shotgun news. But first, let's call the weasel. Is this appetite for destruction? <laughs> hey, Paulie. Holy crap. So are we ready to do this? Absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, I can't tell you what an honor it is to speak with you, uh, Paulie, and I'm so excited for what you're you're doing now. I wish it was... Uh, in my neck of the woods, New York City, but the, the family feud on the road. And and just watching the clips of, and I know it's not you and Chris Catan for the second leg, which is currently going on, but you and Catan, you got to do something together. It's it's magic. I'm going to put him on my podcast, Random Rants. You know, when I come home, I think he'd be a great guest, you know? He would be. I was watching some like local uh, interview with you two, and there's just, <laughs> there's, there's just something there. So I'm I'm curious of how... You got you joined up with the the traveling family feud and, and specifically with the comedians who I also love who you're bringing along with you. You know it's uh you know you get you you get uh you know in the business you get offers you know you get people reaching out to you for different you know requests you know like you reached out to me for a specific request right yeah we could have said no you could have. Thank but you. But instead, we said what? <laughs> you said yeah, buddy. We said yeah. So it's the same thing, you know. Um, my manager brought it to me, and uh, I don't know. I was like, "What the hell is this?" And he explained the whole thing. I'm like, "That's hilarious." So it's been for me like a breath of fresh air, you know, to do something extremely different. You know, I think that's important. You know, in the business, is not to always do the same thing. So. For me, it was a cool opportunity, and, you know, it's fun to be on a bus, you know, on this big tour bus, and we're traveling all over, and uh, I don't know. It's nice, you know, and it's it's PG. It's like a PG show, so okay. it's like kids and older people, and that's different for me as well, so I'm able to kind of, like, shift gears and not be raunchy or not be blue, you know, and, uh, you know, and then it's cool. I think they have a really good thing going. So no, it's great. And how have the audiences uh, been? And how do they, I guess, compare to when you go out and do stand up? Because this has to be more interactive. I know you're pretty interactive with your your stand up and, and and the way you communicate with your with the audience. But is it it's like a different beast, or for you, everything that you've done, an audience is just an audience. Yeah, it's kind of like you know you you kibitz with the audience. You bring them on stage. You know, it's all about them and the show. It's not really about me. Um, it's all about them making money and it's all about them having a good time. And it's all about us bringing entertainment and laughter to, you know, so the audience leaves, you know, that's the thing. It's like, we need to get more people to know that this thing's out there. And cause when the audience leaves, everyone has a good time and then people leave with money and stuff too. So, I mean, I want to go just not even just counting the fact that uh, i could potentially win money but did you know uh chris Catan before did you know tom arnold before alonzo button uh ruben irvine did you got did you um, know these guys before yeah I, i've known them i hadn't known ruben i met him recently he's really great and sweet and he's on the show too he he he's the, the announcer with steve harvey on the actual family feud so oh. i was able to be with him and Chris I've known for years but never spent this much time with him and Tom the same thing I'm with Tom now so it's it's uh it's a different dynamic like 
on the Chris Catan leg, I was attacking Chris, and on this leg, Tom's attacking me. <laughs> I can see both happening. <laughs> so that's you know? oh, that, that's so funny. So how does it work that you are? I guess the the teams are you like the family head of the families because are you bringing up real families or how does it how does, yeah, how so does it work? What happens is is the producer Matt, who's awesome, he goes out into the audience and he grabs randoms, you know, people that he thinks would be good on stage, and and then he grabs four people on each team, and then me and Tom or Chris make up the fifth person. So it's basically Team Polly versus Team Tom. And we're all on stage, and, you know, we form families from the audience as opposed to the Family Feud show, which is like real families, I right. guess, yeah. In theory. <laughs> and it's it's actually almost funner because you never know who you're going to get, you know, like on the stage. Have you had – what has been the highlight or or perhaps, uh, potentially a low light of, of doing this? Meaning has anyone kind of surprised you – or maybe just given like maybe a bad contestant that they couldn't answer things quick enough because there, there's a lot of pressure because at least when you're on the show you probably I'm sure you know ahead of time here you don't know no, if you're I don't know this. anything yeah so no I'm playing along with the contestants I don't know what the answers are <laughs> uh, so are you competitive no, I'm playing along I'm playing along with with them you know are you competitive yeah of course what do you uh what are you out for more are you out for to make you uh them laugh more than uh, Tom or or Chris, or you, or you actually you want your team to win money. I think it's a combo. You know, uh, it's a combo of winning the money for the team and then also entertaining the uh, the people in the audience. So like, I go for the joke a lot, but then after like I do the joke, then I like get serious. You know, does it get taped at all? Because I, I, I'm assuming if I, I think they're taping some, okay. but I don't think they're releasing it. I think they're just archiving it. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm curious, because that would be a nice little keepsake if you get to go. I mean, not to be televised, but for you to maybe share on social media with your friends. Like, oh, look what I did. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on my Instagram, I'm posting stuff all the time. So if you look at my Instagram or my Snapchat, you could see us on the bus. You know, messing with Tom a lot on the bus, which is pretty fun. <laughs> no, you're a great follow, absolutely. And the in the second leg, uh, so you're in Florida right now? Yeah, I'm in Florida right now. Yeah, Tom's with me now, so he's uh, he's funny. We just had the um, we stopped to get gas for the bus. You know, we got this big tour bus, mm-hmm. and there was uh, we went to McDonald's. Uh, we were hungry. We went to McDonald's, and I guess there was two McDonald's by the uh by where the bus was and the bus driver rick you can't mess with the bus drivers because that's like their domain you know you gotta like he started yelling at me and he went around the block i'm like dude i I went to the wrong mcdonald's you know and then tom's yelling at me (laughs) you know what i mean it's all on snapchat oh i love it so it's the the show in addition to the uh the show itself yeah there's a show within a show that's what I th- what I thought should have happened is they should have filmed a documentary, you know, of of behind the scenes of this whole thing. That would have been hilarious. Well, hopefully it continues because uh, after Florida you go into Alabama and and Missouri, and I yeah. I have listeners there, and and then does it because it ends uh, mid November, so ju- pretty soon, in just a couple of weeks or a week. Uh, yeah, we end like in a week or so. Any plans for it to continue, or is this kind of like a, a test run? Because it seems like it's pretty successful so far. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's up to Fremantle and and the producers if they want to continue it. You know, it's that's I'm just kind of a gun for hire. I'm just here to kind of bring a good time. Yeah. So how are you balancing that with your your normal stand up routine and, and your podcast and and yeah, you mentioned uh, I don't know if it's it seems like you're doing a web show. It's more than a podcast. Yeah, my podcast has shifted into more of a visual and then audio. If you most podcasts are like audio heavy, and then they're like, "Oh, and go to go to YouTube and watch the video." Mine's the opposite. Mine's mm-hmm. like, "Go to YouTube, watch the video, and then the audio is like wherever you know." <laughs> it's, yeah, because I, I knew you had a podcast, but obviously, you know, preparing for this uh, for this interview, checking out random rants, and then you just it's I, I'm assuming it's all in your your condo or your house, and you're coming out and. Short shorts or underwear, I'm not sure. And there's an old yeah. man singing. Oh my, it's, it just seems like something that should be on Netflix, to be honest with you, because it was just so entertaining and, and there's so many back, back catalogs. I got to find time to, to watch more. How yeah, often? there's a lot of, um, it's developed into what it is now, which is more of a show. You know, it, it took me a while to figure it out, you know, and that's what's cool about the web and kind of the way the world is now with the internet. You can like really develop something and figure out what something is before it catches on you know so i'm still obviously learning and trying to figure it out but i think i'm onto something i think what i'm doing if you watch it on youtube no one's doing it the way that i'm doing it which makes me excited and it also doesn't feel like work it doesn't feel like oh god i gotta do my podcast it feels like oh cool i get to play and mess around you know Oh, absolutely, and that's when you're you're absolutely at your best. And uh, speaking of, I know you said you're kind of still learning this stuff, but at the same time, why I've always been a fan of yours, you always seemed a, a bit ahead of uh, of the curve, you know, doing it before anybody else did, or or your act was different. And then now I see people may want to, they're like knock off Pauly Shore. So I was rewatching Pauly Shore's Dead last night, and it just seems like that's a show that is out on Netflix now with other other comedians kind of doing what you've done, you know, kind of down on your luck or and, and, and all this introspective and getting cameos. I mean, I feel like you've 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 done it. Uh, how do you feel about that movie all these years uh, years later? I love it. I mean, I love I mean, I really love a lot of the stuff that I produced myself because I put my heart and my soul into it. And I'm not really driven by the money. I'm kind of driven by the product. Um and, you know, I love, you know, directing and acting and editing and kind of being in charge of, of the, the, the direction of whatever the piece is. I mean, if you go to my YouTube page, you can see a whole bunch of stuff that I've produced on my own. You could see there's a, a thriller I did, which I'm really proud of, called Sin City Psycho. Okay. If you haven't seen that, have you seen that? No, but I'm going to right after this interview. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a 10-minute short where I play a serial killer, and it's it's not a comedy. It's like a gnarly, like I'm like it's kind of like my version of American. What is it, American uh, psycho? psycho? You know, okay. yeah, yes, and, okay. And I did that, and I don't know. I've got a whole bunch of clips on there of uh, stuff that I do, and I don't know. This is you know, it's like the other day I'm sitting in my hotel room and I'm writing with my assistant, and I'm like, man, look at me. Like doing all this, uh, and then I say to myself, "Well, this is what I do. I'm a writer. You know, I create. And this is, you know, other people they go to the office. Other people, they are doctors or lawyers or you know, or 
and this is what I do. I write. I create. That's my thing, you know. So I, I love it, and I think that's what uh, how you've kept your your fan base, despite that that message that was on the the movie, and even your your recent uh, more recent interview with with Joe Rogan. I think it's because you've always, you know, if, if people get past maybe that uh, a stereotypical view, some people may may have of you. And just see how creative you are, and you're you're doing things like Family Feud, and at the same time you just mentioned this thriller, which I'm so glad that you said uh, because that's something I would want you to do. People like Robin Williams or or Jim Carrey, who are known for being famous, uh, famously funny. I love when they do serious roles, especially when it's creepy or it's horror. So uh, is, is that something you might do more of? Yeah, I mean, I want to do it because I'm I'm into it. You know what I mean? I like, there's definitely like a part of me that's a little crazy and I like to, you know, bring that out. And with acting, you can, you can, you know, act, it's fake, you know, so you can create anything you want. That's what's so cool um, about this. So I like to turn that into a feature film. So I'm talking with a couple directors and writers now to maybe develop that into a, a feature, uh, Sin City Psycho. It's basically like... Um, it's uh he's he's like a um he's a vigilante and he basically this guy kills women who come to Vegas that cheat. Okay. So, you know, it's kinda like the uh the slug line is whatever happens in Vegas slays in Vegas. <laughs> okay. You know, and it's kinda like uh you know, it's this uh you know, he's uh you know, he's on a vendetta, you know. I'm into it. In addition to watching Biodome, I mean my next, you know, genre is horror. You know, horror and thrillers, and so that's uh, you're combining two fa- my favorite things right there. Uh, and as you've, you, I guess you, you know, and and I thank you for uh, approving and saying yes to doing this podcast, uh, recognizing the name of it. Uh, we look at everything to, through a, um, a Guns and Roses colored lens, or I, I sometimes refer this to this as my Guns and Roses bar mitzvah party of a podcast, just to make it different. And find connections. That's why I can interview people like you or, you know, rock stars, anyone who has a connection to Guns N' Roses. And, yeah. And you seem to at least have a few that I know. Maybe you can tell us more that you know about. Uh, but to th- th- connect everything, though, and I just realized this last night when I was somehow looking at the credits for Pauly Shore is Dead, Matt Sorum did the music for that movie? Yeah. How did that come about? I bumped on that coffee bean several years ago and he was scoring movies and scoring he was into that whole thing when Guns N' Roses were on that long kind of hiatus and he said what are you doing I said I'm doing this movie and I'm looking for a score he's like I'd love to score it and you know and he he worked with this guy Lanny um and they scored it you know together and uh yeah he did a good job you know what a trip that is and yeah I know Matt um, for many years just because of the whole MTV thing. Uh, we did this funny thing. Uh, sh- sh- can I swear? Or no? Yes, yes, you can. Uh, we did this funny thing. It was fucked up. It was. Uh, I think. Oh shit! Wait, do we ever do it? No, no, no. Oh fuck! I think maybe we've done it. I don't remember. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think we did it. I think we did it, or we were talking about doing it. Okay. When I had my show, Totally Polly. Yeah. Uh, on on MTV. We did a thing. We wanted to do a thing called Where's Axel Week, where it's basically me and Matt looking for Axel Rose. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, this is what happened. Oh, yeah, I remember what happened. So I pitched Matt. I said, Matt, let's do a fucking, 
let's do a week episode called Where's Axel? Where it's basically I come over and I'm like, da 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 da. I'm like, Where's Axel? And we like, Fuck, I don't know. And then we start looking for him. We go all of his places, ba ba ba. And then finally we find him, you know, at his trailer or wherever he was fucking living and, you know, and whatever happens, happens. So Matt calls Axel and says, hey, this is what we want to do. And, and Axel says, fuck that. I don't want to be involved with Polly Shore. It's hilarious. Oh. He basically shit on me. That kind of breaks my heart, to be honest with you. Yeah, he shit on me because he, you know, he was serious. You know what I mean? And I don't know Axel. I don't think I've even met him before. But I was always obviously a huge fan. You know, he's fucking, you know. I like watching his videos now on, on Instagram with him, you know, singing. He's, he looks pudgy, you know. It's hilarious. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, we're all a little pudgier, but he's really too. pudgier. <laughs> his head is like circle now. <laughs> he's almost 60. That's all I can say. Well, I'll is see. Is that what it is? I, I guess. I don't know his dietary. How do you not know? Your fucking show's called <laughs> Appetite. Because I, I want somehow in the universe, you're one of the guests that I've always wanted to interview. And so if you're 1B, Axel's 1A, and if I call him fat, I don't want to. He'll, I'll never get him. Well, I mean, he's you're not fat. It's not like he's fat. He's just plumpier. You know what I mean? We all get in our metabolism when we get older. It's just harder to lose weight. You know? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, it, it's difficult when you see Duff McKagan and, and and Richard Fortas next to them, and they both got six packs. And I don't know. As long as he's in a good mood and he shows up on time, you know, whatever. If he likes to eat an extra Krispy Kreme or two. You what know. do you think? Why do you think he's chubby? <laughs> Why do I think he's chubby? Uh, maybe because he's. It could be because he's he's jolly. He's happy now. So maybe you need you a think few. He's eating. Do you think he's eating and drinking? He's never. I don't know if he's a. He was never a huge drinker. I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. What do you? What do you, do you think? What? What? What's the scuttlebutt out in Hollywood? Have you heard anything? No. Uh-uh. All right. Well, there's a couple of other connections. And uh, by the way, you you're both one A. So. Uh, you are, you know, this is a, a career milestone for me. Cool, uh, cool. If you remember your your first comedy album ever, you actually yeah. spoke about uh, when you saw GNR with Living Color in the Rolling Stones and actually have a short bit that I sometimes play on my show. Guns oh, and Roses. <laughs> uh, do you, what, tell us about that, that show. Happened. Yeah, I remember that happened. I think he fell off the stage. <laughs> you remember that, right? I do. I do. I remember you talking. I mean, I was too young uh, to have gone to that show. Yeah, he was but, opening yeah. for the Stones, and he was, like, doing his axle move, and he, like, fell off. He ate shit. <laughs> it's kind of scary, though. It wasn't that funny. I was, like, kind of nervous. All right. No, no. He, yeah. Just like recently, he, he tripped, and thankfully he's okay because he's Jesus. broken his leg recently. So, I don't know. Maybe for that reason, maybe he's a little top-heavy. And I'm saying that I, I have, I'm, don't fit in most of my shirts. I had to buy, so I'm a little chub, too. Even though I'm five six and you know you're skinny. fat bastard, right? No, I'm uh, I'm like the same size as you. I'm like a little skinny Jewish kid from Long Island, but I guess have like a French fry belly. So oh, that's, that's a, okay. That's about it. Uh, and there's a, another one, and I'm curious of who came up with this line. This is from uh, Encino Man when you went to uh, when you were trying to think of names for for Link. We gotta give him a cool name, Axel. Yeah. But, oh, come man. on, not Axel. This is serious. Okay. Was that written in the script? No, nah, I don't remember. I don't remember. All right, fair enough. 
Uh, Jesus, I've made that guy fucking famous. He should be nicer <laughs> to me. See, what's funny is because I always looked at you, you know, growing up, you have, I mean, everyone's just people at the end of the day, of course. But yeah. when you're younger, I look at Axl Rose in a certain way. I look at Pauly Shore in a certain way. And you had the bandana, so I always felt like you were more relatable, like a more uh, relatable Axl Rose that I could be. Someone's funny, but it can dress cool, and uh, so that's why it's just ironic that he, you know, hopefully that that bridge he can shit, be made. That he shit on me. He shit on you. Um, well, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. very. I don't want to say obnoxious, but I'm very. You know, I'm definitely a, an acquired taste. You know. <laughs> okay. So, you know, people can say the same about him. Likes me, so he's one of those guys that just doesn't like me. Maybe. He's, Maybe he likes me now. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, well, I, I hope so. I mean, as soon as he gets to know you, I'm sure. Uh, if you have a, a couple more minutes, I have some fan questions from you that were uh, sent in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, this is from uh, Maddie B. up in Cape Cod. He wants to know if, I don't know if you could talk about it, the craziest thing you saw as a kid growing up in the comedy store. Oh, man. Oh, I'm what? working on a, I've been putting together a one-man show about my life, actually, that wow. I've been, if you follow my Instagram or my social media, you can see that, because um, this has been, like, a big thing that everyone always wants to know about the comedy store mm-hmm. and, and what it was like growing up there, and, 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 and uh, so I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to do a one-man show and talk about it, so it's all, like, out there, you know? So um, I'm working on that and putting that out. It's called Stick With The Dancing. That's what the title of it. Huh. That's what my mom said to me after she saw me perform for the first time. <laughs> I'm like, because like, I ended my act with a pop lock, you know? And you, I'm like, okay. how did I do, Mom? Stick with the dancing. Oh, beautiful. She said that to me. And uh, let me just say before it's it's, it's lost, because uh, I just got off the phone with my mom. My my heart goes out to you yeah. uh, for for your parents. Um, you know, I lost my dad six years ago. Um, you know, and it, it scares you. And I know they were kind of close uh, to losing them both. I mean, it's just uh, terrible. So it was nice to see everybody. Uh, you know, I, I guess Hollywood. I don't want I don't know everybody, but I mean that as far as famous people like the Foo Fighters acknowledging the loss of your dad and and, and people speaking out on your mom. So. You know, you're a, a you come from a beloved family. You're not just a beloved figure, but a beloved yeah. family. Yeah, you know, my parents were pretty cool. Um, not just you know with their work, but just as parents, you know. Um, sure. So, uh, this one is from Kenny uh, from Long Island, and I'm sure you get this asked asked this all the time. But if the cards were all right, uh, all the all fell into place, what movie of yours would you do a sequel of? Oh, man, probably son-in-law, just because that was the one that, that was the one that um, got me out of, like, the teen audience into mainstream America, because there were so many different ages of all the characters in the film. You know, there was a father, a grandfather, a younger person, a kid, a this, a that. There was animals, it's fish out of water. There's got a lot of, there's a lot of heart to it, you know what I mean? So... Um, I wanted to do a sequel to that where me and Carla were the parents and like our kid, you know, our daughter brings home a guy that's like w- fucking worse than I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think would be really funny. So, but it's weird, you know, Disney owns the, owns the uh, title. So, you know, unless, you know, social media blows up and says, Hey, you know, let's do son-in-law too. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't have the energy to, you know, mm. you well, know, to like 
push it and push it. You know, the fans have to do that. All right. Well, well, I'll try to start the hashtag and see what what happens. But with all the, you know, the reboots that happen, the, you know, whether it's from uh, Fuller House to the uh, Rocco's Modern Life movie, I mean, I got to feel that there's absolutely a fan base. And there is a fan base for uh, you to do. I mean, you're still doing stuff, but to create a movie or extend a movie that you've already worked on. But, uh, Paul, in addition to... Uh, family Feud in your stand-up. What could we, I guess, and the one-man show? I mean, is there anything left that uh, we have to look forward to? For I now? have movies coming out next week that I st- or next year that I start and that I'm excited about, so we could talk about that real quick if you want. Yeah, no, please. I have an animation film called, um, that's with Lionsgate, where I star in Ooh. it. It's called The Big Trip, and I play a bear, <laughs> and um a big bear, and, and that's probably coming out to either Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or one of those places. Oh, cool. Um, and then also a f- another film that I'm, I'm excited about. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what people think. It's called Guest House, and uh, it's, I play this guy that won't leave out of a guest house. Okay. So <laughs> think of Kato Kalen or something like that, you know, like... <laughs> And then it turns into, like, uh, War of the Roses or, like, the movie Neighbors, where it's, like, me and the people in the main house are, like, at war, you know? Um, and that's rated R, so it's got kind of, like, a lot of sex and partying and good times. It's it's like a hard R, you know? <laughs> hard R, okay. Yeah, and that'll be out. Uh, if you just look online, I'm sure you can find stuff on a guest house with Polly Shore. That'll be out probably spring or summer next year. So we finished that, and that should be coming out. Um, but, you know, I'm still doing it. You know, I'm excited about my podcast. I'm excited to uh, get back home to L.A. in a couple of weeks and start banging out more episodes. I think I want to get Chris Kattan on the first one back. Please. Yeah, so. The, uh, it, the two of you, the, the, I can just tell. I was watching just a regular uh, local news interview with you two, which is usually just all promotion and stuff. But you guys just naturally funny i'm like do they does, does chris hate paulie no that's an act it just got me guessing and i was so enthralled just from the interview so i can't imagine what you would accomplish in a, tweet, in a tweet it at me and i'll retweet it okay no, yeah absolutely it was it got me cracking up uh cool. pa- paulie i mean i i can't say anything less than this has just been a complete honor and a uh a career and and life highlight for me to be honest with you i've been watching you since i've been able to watch tv and the fact that you're still doing and putting out great material. Uh, I, I hope uh, Family Feud comes to the New York City area. Uh, if anything, i, I, I got to see your stand-up when you, next time you come to the area. And, yeah, uh, just follow my, uh, my social and my website, and you can see. I mean, I'm always touring, so. Absolutely. And, and, and when you are in town, uh, please come down to the studio. I would love to have you. Cool. Have an awesome day. Thanks for reaching out. Wow. Uh, I don't even know where to to wrap up with this episode and wrap up with that interview i i respect and i appreciate and i would expect nothing less from paulie shore who was trying to rope me into bash axel rose i didn't know what to say i mean i don't want to make fun of uh his physical appearance not just because of the the selfish reason of of the I mean, I, I guess I never thought I would be interviewing Paul Shore or Alice Cooper or David Stain and half these people. But Alice, I mean, Axel Rose seems like that's, uh, I mean, Eddie Trunk can't even get him back on. So uh, who knows? But it's not even just of that and not wanting to burn bridges between the GNR camp and myself. And not even, I may be overthinking it. I probably am. 
But at the same time, I don't want to make fun of someone's appearance. I have enough problems of, of my own. If you remember, I mean, I'm bringing this up now. Uh, the interview I did with uh, with Mike Squires, who, of course, does our amazing theme song, Mike Squires from uh, Duff McKagan's Loaded, who is going to be back on the show. Uh, we're going to wait for him to come back in studio. He's got a crazy busy schedule. While And also, before I forget, uh, check out his podcast, Couch Riffs. I'd like to think I gave him the inspiration to do a podcast. We'll talk about that next time. But uh, with with Mike Squires, I don't know how the conversation, like, we got into it because he just has such a luscious head of hair. And I've gone bald. I was honest, if you remember that episode, how I, with my physical disability, my nerve condition, at that time of my life, I, was, I wasn't I was using a cane yet. So I was going to have to swallow my pride and use this cane. And while at the same time, I was losing my hair. So it's like, I'm just fucking dying. This just sucks. So I... Unfortunately, I regret it immensely. I uh, got a hair transplant. I have a scar in the back of my head because of it. And it really, they don't, they're not good. I'm sorry. I mean, if Bosley or one of them want to sponsor my show and uh, fucking fix, you know, uh, give me, uh, fix my scar or whatever, you can't cure baldness. I'm sorry. If you look at people like, it is what it is, you know, Donald Trump or LeBron James. If you have that amount of money and resources and they look like they don't look good, whatever they, they do. I mean, some uh, some people's hair pieces or, or whatever they're doing to it look better than others. And I just came down to a decision where I just can't keep hiding it and looking like a weirdo. I'm just going to shave it. And if I have a scar, I'll probably get a tattoo over it at some point. But anyway, so those are the things I think about when I, I criticize somebody else's looks or – you know, I'm I'm a smaller guy, but I got a little bit of a belly. I mean, nothing, not too crazy. Like a little petite dad bod, if that makes any any fucking sense. So, and I know Axel doesn't look like he used to. It's more than he just cut his hair. I mean, uh, he's got to be in shape if he's doing three three and a half hour shows and he's doing these tours. So he's in shape. It just may not be the shape that we grew up with. And is there anything wrong with that? As long as he's healthy, no. There really isn't. I mean, I know Duff is buff. He's he's ripped. Same thing with Richard Fortas. Uh, I mean, Slash is a little, you know, meaty, but he, he looks great. And again, as long as you're... I mean, I think Vince Neil just went way overboard uh, with letting himself go. And I, I'm, a, I'm a Vince Neil fan. It would be a dream to interview uh, him as well. But he's out there. He's, he's touring. I mean, you never know if... Like he has a bad back. If that plays a, a role into, into into weight gain, it doesn't matter, man. I mean, we're, it's 2019. Uh, it, it it seems like there really isn't any restrictions on what people find attractive anymore. It's just a matter of admitting it. And I see all the comments. I mean, you go online. Most people who shit on Axel's physical appearance are men, straight up. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's not even just on, on my social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show, or on Twitter at the AFD show. But on other sites, it's men who shit on how he looks. Women, I'm not even making this up. All right. This is a quote. Uh, I saw one person comment that I want to suck on his fingers. Uh, I think that's disgusting. I don't want to suck on anybody's fingers, but as Axel can still pull him down, man. He. 
there are plenty of comments from the ladies that that want to uh, th- th- to feel his serpentine, <laughs> so to speak. So does it really matter? He still gets laid. You know, well, I'm assuming he does. He still attracts the ladies, whatever it is. I don't know his his history. But again, going down this rabbit hole of a conversation, it's not something that I want to do. And I think Paulie was having some fun at my, and at least that's the impression that I got. He's like, so do you think he's fat? Why did he get, why did he get big? You know, what's wrong? <laughs> he's just fucking with me. And that's why I love Paulie Shore. Uh, just amazing. But I wanted to, you know, I wasn't going to fight Paulie on like, no, he's not fat. He's just, like me. whatever. You heard it. It is what it is. So, I mean, should he hear this or whatever? Sorry, Axel. I mean, uh, I'm not in any great shape either. Neither. <laughs> it's just it's weird. It's, I feel so bad. Oh, Axel. Anyway, let's uh, do this quickly before we wrap up this episode. News. Brought to you by AlternativeNation.net. So just got this press release this morning from our friend Alex Grassi from Quiet Riot and, of course, Hookers and Blow with Dizzy Reed. Uh, Hookers and Blow, uh, the now legendary project formed by longtime Guns N' Roses keyboardist Dizzy Reed and Quiet Riot guitarist Alex Grassi have announced a string of winter tour dates, including the Combat Radio Christmas Carol event, which will take place on November 17th at the Canyon Club in Santa Clarita. Uh, California, and will feature cast members of Star Wars, The Avengers, The Simpsons, Twin Peaks, Family Guy, and more. Well, Jesus, why can't that be here in New York? So there are plenty of dates uh, all along the coast, even in Vegas. If you want more information, go to Facebook.com slash HNB, so Hookers in Blow, HNB Merch on Facebook. All right, and I... I I forgot. I think last time Hookers and Blow were in uh, New York City, which, again, is such a weird sentence to say if you don't know that's a band. I think I had to work that night. Well, I have to work every fucking night. It is what it is, uh, which is why I'm so grateful to, to break up my day recording and doing these interviews and these uh, awesome podcasts and just getting great feedback from all of you. Just uh, just amazing. And it's been really great the last couple episodes when we did the, the fan obsession segments. And I know plenty of you are on hold about that. I want to couple those with interviews that I do that are like 10 minutes to make a full episode. So I want to get more of your Guns N' Roses stories on the podcast. So just hit me up if you want to share yours with the rest of the listeners. Uh, Again, Facebook.com slash The AFD Show or on Twitter at The AFD Show. As far as upcoming guests, I believe it's going to be the next episode. Director, producer, Penelope Spheris, legend, Wayne's World, the decline of Western civilization. She is amazing, and it's great because we were picking a Sunday in which to record, and she's like, let's do it this Sunday because next Sunday I'm I'm receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. (laughs) So we are going to have a Lifetime Achievement Award winner on the podcast, Penelope just a, an icon of the industry, so I can't wait to to speak with her and to share the interview with you as well. Uh, and as far as past guests that I've mentioned, I know Rod Jackson is still recovering from uh, root canal or having his teeth pulled, some some crazy shit going on. So uh, best wishes to Rod, and he will be on in the future. Uh, and also, I, I did mention just before, Mike Squires is going to come back on the show. 
also still waiting for Chesney and Atkins, but he can't rush Brilliance to finish their album and to share it with us, which may be the closest thing we have to quote-unquote new Guns N' Roses music because they kind of sound like GNR and they have former GNR members on the record. I can't wait to share that story with you. I can't wait to hear what they come up with, so that's still pending. But I, I, I kid you not, I it might have been just a couple of days ago after I put out the Desmond Child interview, who has not followed me back on Instagram, by the way. I wasn't expecting that. I'll make him feel guilty next time we speak. Uh, that I was like, I don't have another interview set up yet. And I was sending out a bunch of emails. And, and at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know something always pops up. It always pops up. Polly Shore popped up. I mean, Penelope popped up. I, I just never know. It's just, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing part of doing this podcast because uh, it's not just who I can get uh, myself It's or, or who I have the ability to interview through my job, but many of you have offered some great, great uh, suggestions on who to interview. So please uh, inbox me as well for, for more guest suggestions. And you are, of course, always allowed to be a co-host if you uh, if we get a guest on the air. Okay, so again, thank you for following, subscribing, what, however you listen. It doesn't matter as long as you listen. Uh, the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere. Uh, we have a bunch of people finding us on YouTube, but I think we only have, or I only have the first 65 episodes up on there. It's just so time-consuming to do that, and it's, I just don't have the time. i got to be honest. I just don't have the time to... Uh, and also the, the pay because I don't know how to um, I don't know how to edit uh, audio with with picture. I mean, I can do a really half-assed version of it, but for me to pay for that service, to, the time invested to do whatever, you, you don't care. So that's just more of like a teaser for people to find us on YouTube. So if you found us on YouTube and are listening, welcome. Thanks for thanks for hanging out. So when will you see the next episode of the AFD show? When will you hear it? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.